0: Intolerable, just intolerable. For three years, those casters of pods have thwarted my plans. I, Mephisto, simply don't know why I bother. Maybe some streaming will cheer me up. Oh, these cartoons don't belong together. First, giant transforming robots, then colorful ponies. Bah, it's enough to drive one mad. I... wait. That's it. First, I'll drive them mad with the most insane, diabolical, cockeyed crossover comic ever. Finally, they will be mine.
1: Mwahahahaha! Autobots!
2: My very best friends! <laughs>
3: Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast. Jeff and Rick present Equine and Engine Enlightenment,
1: where we journey through an issue of My Little Ponies and Transformers while drinking beer,
3: pondering ponies and Porsches while pounding pints. I am Jeff. I am Rick. I am John. And I am Maggie.
1: And I am Random Master, your guide to the realms of random banter. Random banter time, buddies! Talk to me, tell me tall tales
3: and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today! So I, I'm guessing that that's one of the characters from Milo Ponies.
0: No, no, that no, was like okay. it's the Dungeon Master from Dungeon Master. Um, well, it it was like a bar- a variant of him where he, oh. it's like where he'd been d- drinking nothing but Surge and Mountain Dew and Jolt for like 72
1: hours while he's running it, and he's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, yeah, Vorpal Sword. Yeah. <laughs> it is a dungeon. The intro from the old Dungeons and Dragons cartoon.
3: I need to rewatch that. I've got the uh, DVDs in my closet, and I've been wanting to rewatch them. And I just have not found the time to. Well, luckily,
4: you know two people who do a podcast about cartoons, mm-hmm. and who mm-hmm. also play D anD D. So perhaps, <laughs> sure, still waiting for that ringy dini guys. <laughs> hmm.
1: Perhaps. And <laughs> I watch cartoons and play D anD D. I don't know anything about the subject, but why would I pick Dungeons and Dragons cartoon as the random banter intro? Any ideas?
3: Because it's the best thing ever.
1: That's pretty great. Well, Pretty great.
3: It's a Saturday morning cartoon, and we're reading two comic books that are pretty much Saturday morning cartoons.
0: Yes. And? Which are uh, based on toy properties that were made by Hasbro, also the current owner of Wizards of the Coast, which
3: is the maker of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Yes. (laughs) And? Oh, how many more things do we need on here? I mean. (laughs) Dungeons and? Oh, Oh, Dragon. there's dragons. oh there's dragons there's spike. there's dragons and there, you there be dragons there here be dragons. With Man, i was way
1: overthinking that. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you no, that no i love it that was, was great <laughs> I, I liked it no mm-hmm. you just put in a thing where i get to go oh, oh. <laughs> of course i thought of that no i thought of dragons <laughs> and i thought of uh, old cartoon properties so <laughs> i love what you added to that that's wonderful <laughs> hooray
3: well as you know as you're have gathered here. We have Maggie and John from Married Watching Cartoons and Rod Pod and Transformers Chronicles and... I don't know. They guest star in a bunch of stuff. You hear their voices, bunch of places. Lately, they keep letting John in the door, and he keeps on saying things. And you know, everyone's like, "Hi, Maggie," and she's like, "Well, yeah, I guess I'll show up and keep him in in line." I don't know, whatever. How are you guys doing? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, since we're both here, we're doing um, calm, collected, and not prone to yell at at expletives or take off my pants.
3: You can take off your pants. That is perfectly fine. Uh, you yeah. heard it? He said the ca- the camera's up here. The camera's up here, so pants off, not a problem. We what what happens below the camera? We ain't talking about it. It's Vegas, baby.
1: And, yep, and <laughs> podcasts. So perfect medium for guests to take their yeah. pants off. Right? See, we're hey, sorry, Maggie. Maggie. We're sorry, Maggie. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Thank you for listening to the Pants
3: <laughs> Off Network. <laughs> And this is like our our, our annual tradition where we are jumping onto each other's podcasts because Mofisdo gets a crazy idea in his head. And we talk about random comic books. And this year, a little bit different this year, but we've got four episodes. We don't have Secret Wars and Beyond, but we do have... Episode 1, which is Married Watching Cartoons. Episode 2, which you're listening to, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Episode 3, Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. And our new person that joined our little gang, Episode 4, Outcasters, with tim price and uh this time we are doing my little ponies and transformers friendship is magic friendship in disguise friendship in, friendship disguise. in disguise man i'm I, see this is what happens when i'm going off of Comicsology and not my physical comic books that i spend cash <laughs> money on and are over at somebody no else's cash house money
4: dollars dollars
3: on. so weird dollars 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 thank you guys for jumping through dimensional portals and space bridges to come and join us this is a treat and this time Jeff has joined us so you can actually meet him that has Great. not happened before so oh. yeah it's been nice it's nice so for the company
4: <laughs> there's still time yet,
1: <laughs>
3: <but> <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: the, night. <laughs> the night is young and we are not
3: well, Maggie is, and that's oh, I was just fine. Say, that's that's a
1: sentence just fine. That becomes
4: fine. Re- less relevant as of next Sunday.
1: <laughs> Ooh, somebody's got a birthday coming. I do. I do. Oh ah. Well, happy in advance birthday, oh, which will you. be in the past by the time this comes yes. out. Man, time is hard.
4: Well, by
3: the t- <laughs> wibbly wobbly. Time is so weird. Limey.
4: Goes doing their stuff. <laughs>
3: We've got a lot to talk about. We've got one issue that's got two stories in it. We can sit here and chat and chat and chat, but I don't think we need to. I think we can just go and dive on into this and see what happens Uh, with the insanity and loveliness that is this comic book. Does anybody else have anything they have to get off their chest? I just
4: want to say real quick (laughs) that I love Tim's transformation from dude. We just asked to do something for us. And now he's got a podcast and he's like a part of the crossover officially. I think yeah. that's wonderful.
0: It's a I, Cinderella story. I still think it's kind of odd though. I mean, what
1: does he have to do with Mephisto?
4: <laughs> Haven't made that connection yet, have you?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you never you see him <laughs> in the same room at the same time. All right. Wait a minute. That's right. Wait a minute. Is is Tim Price Clark Kent? Yes. I've never seen the two of them together.
3: Oh. It still is one of my proudest moments in life when I just said, Hey, this random guy wants to join our fun <laughs> little adventure. <laughs> He doesn't have a podcast. What can he do? Give us a voice of Mephisto. I don't know what he sounds like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of quality content you'll get with us. Hey, Rando. The rest of us figured you, well, Rick knows what he's doing. He must know the guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. you fools. You, you. Rick, <laughs> Naive has, Rick has one talent.
3: Rick has one talent which he exploits every day, and that is I delegate. I delegate <laughs> Let's let's move on to this. Jeff, give us a two cents replay of what happened in the last issue, I guess. Queen Chrysalis summons
1: changelings from another dimension to help her in her conquest of Equestria, which means the Denzens of Cybertron come knocking at her door where, surprise surprise, the Autobots join up with the ponies and the Decepticons join up with Chrysalis' evil crew. After the crossover gets going in full swing, personal favorite RC and fashionista Rarity bond over kicking the tin out of the cans of the trio of Seekers and over their mutual respect over each other's inherent goodness and general awesomeness. Now that the transforming into a card doesn't really help you blend in on Magic Horse Planet, but that's okay, as most ponies won't judge them for being different. Two-sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our Power Pack pick is?
3: My pleasure, my friend. I didn't get a real chance to go out and find a beverage because well we moved the scheduling around and so I just didn't have a chance but I was managed to look into my collection of beers and I found something that you know what I think it'll work so Jeff if you can reach inside that magic paper bag that I dropped over at your house the other night and tell me what you find
1: what Rick is saying is close enough is good enough <laughs> Da da it's just a silver stripe because shoot, I need to turn it. It is Photon Pale Ale by Equilibrium Brewery. Mmm, that is a uh, dark side of the moon. Awesome. That has got a Erlenmeyer flask in space with a beam of pure white light going into it and a rainbow shooting out. How magical. How scientific in space and how pony like if you use the Equa out of Equilibrium. I think it's great. It's rainbows and sparkles. It's everything cool in space. It's a Cybertronian space gate. And it's going into... Oh, that Erlenmeyer flask seems to have a horseshoe on it, too. Yes, it
3: does. It does have a little horseshoe on it. Yes, it does. Ah, uh, that's oh. legit. Yeah. I, I saw I saw the, the... You're right on the Equilibrium. I saw the Equal. I'm like, ah equestrian. I can get there. It's got the, the rainbow of magic. It's got the little bit of space and science part and and photon. I mean, there's a lot of photon beams that are being shot in this. So I thought, yeah, I like this. That was what I chose.
1: There's probably a pony named Photon. I would be surprised if there's not. Or a transformer.
3: I, yeah. I, okay, I, I, well, if
1: it was transformer naming, it would be Photon Wave. <laughs> or Photon Blast.
3: But that's what we've got. I would like to find out what our fellow friends on the other are. S- well, halfway across the country, uh, have for their drink of choice. Oh, can I go first? Yes.
4: Okay. So this is the most colorful thing I've ever seen. It is called Puff Tart, and it is raspberry and pineapple. Oh, it's the Brewing Project, and it's a local beer, too. And it's, it's <laughs> nice. uh, very fruity-tooty. If 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 there's booze in Equestria, this is what Pinkie Pie drinks. I'm pretty sure. For sure,
3: that is not a lie. That is not a lie. <laughs> can I try
0: that? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Oh man,
3: right. That's about as sweet as it can get and still be called beer. <laughs> that. That's, that
0: seriously tastes like a sweet tart, but it's definitely beer. Yep. That it's not like a cider. That I is mean, it, a... it's
4: kind of reminiscent of like ah, what's it called? What's Liney's?
0: Oh, like their Berry Vice? The Berry
4: Vice, yeah. It's kind of like the Berry Vice, but it's even sweeter than that. Wow.
0: It's got a tart.
3: That's something.
0: (laughs) I can't see drinking more than four or five of those.
1: (laughs) 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 I can't see more than putting a 12-pack of those down in a sitting
0: see, here in Wisconsin, we heard that we lead the nation in binge drinking. We also learned that binge drinking is apparently drinking three or more um, drinks in a setting. And so we here in Wisconsin are also confused
3: as to what other people think binge drinking is.
4: (laughs) We do. We are a class all our own. That's true.
3: So I was going to just say that our beer, Photon, is our light and crushable American pale ale loaded with Pacific Northwest hops. Pours a very hazy orange, releasing well-blended notes of apricot, tangerine, peach, mango, and pineapple. It tastes of soft. Juicy tropical fruits, hop resins, and a hint of biscuit. A smooth, rounded bitterness with a touch of dryness ensures you're ready for the next sip. The drinking experience is further enhanced with a soft and billowy mouthfeel that has made this the go-to ale for the EQ crew, especially when a productive day needs to follow a fun night. Now, this is a lot of promise. I have no idea if it's going to lead up to it, although I will say it does pour a very hazy orange. It's my favorite kind of pour where I can look through it and I can't see Jeff, which is awesome.
1: Pours a very giant head on it. I poured mine. I am like, oh, I've got two inches of beer, and I've got a potentially overflowing head on mine. So I'm waiting for mine to uh, become drinkable before I try it. But I'm jealous of yours after seeing mine. Here, uh-huh. but... Yeah, mine. Uh, it it has a nice smell. It has a. It, it's almost a, a kind of like a hopped pineapple aroma okay. to it.
3: What what do you got
0: there, John? I have brought, in keeping with the theme of the baking show as best I could, I got a bottle of Eagle banana bread beer from our friends across the pond in the UK. It's, I can't read that because (laughs) I am older than both of the properties than we are covering today. So I don't know. um, Would you like me to try that? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What am I
4: looking for here? Hang on. Oh boy, that's hard to read just in general. Flavored malt beverage. That's oh. something. To this day, Eagle Brewery embraces different perspectives. It means that while others may cautiously move cautiously, we soar fearlessly. Fresh, Oh, there you go. Fresh bananas pack a whole bunch of aromas while rich malty hops deliver a seriously fruity flavor, all perfectly balanced by a masterful blend. Hmm.
0: Yes. This is what's going to get them out of Brexit. They are going <laughs> to... Um...
3: <laughs> Banana bread beer. Right. Yes, that's the ticket. The taste of this is quite pleasant. This is very... It's got that fruity taste, very nice feel, doesn't have a lot of hops, which is nice and kind of amazing from something this hazy, but it is just a pale L9 IPA. It's good. It's quite good. I, I actually like it. It's a little refreshing. I'm finding it kind of like
1: yeasty flavors is what I'm getting out of it. I'm not getting that. I'm not. Th- it might just be kind of a blend of the mildness of the hops, but I'm kind of getting that yeasty kind of on the tongue kind of tangy kind of thing, which could be the hops and could just be me.
3: I think it's just you.
0: I think you're sick. This literally <laughs> tastes like a piece of banana bread m- mushed up in a bottle. Can I try? Yes.
3: Is that Good or bad for it's
0: you? It's oddly, I, it's not unpleasant. It's not, it's not too hoppy. It's very yeasty, but the banana tip flavor is is there. And, That's actually quite good. And the aftertaste is is really pleasant, which is usually what ruins this sort of thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: is actually pretty pleasant. I think we've got some very good beers, and you said yours is very sweet. I think we've got some good beers that match up with what we're talking about. We can get into the opening credits if you guys want. Yay! Here's Pat. My with favorite the, oh.
0: part,
4: the credits!
3: Everybody <laughs> the loves credits. reading!
1: <laughs> My Little Pony, Transformers, Friendship in Disguise, issue number two, September 2020. Inspiring. Credits. Written by Ian Flynn. Drawn by Sarah Pittry Droucher. Colored by Joanna LaFuente. Edited by Megan Brown.
4: Featuring Spike, a dragon and Twilight's Royal Advisor, Grimlock, a Dinobot, Devastator, a Constructicon combiner composed of Scrapper, Bone Crusher, Scavenger, Mixmaster, not to be confused with Sir Mixalot, as I did in my own head. Hook and Longhaul. <laughs>
1: There comes a time in every little dragon's life where he comes face to face with their own reality. And this may or may not be that story.
4: But this does start off with Spike writing a letter on a piece of parchment with a quill to Twilight Sparkle while standing in front of Teletron 1. First, that is one big computer. Second, I'm pretty sure Spike has never seen a computer before.
1: That's okay, because Teletron 1 has probably never seen a dragon before either. Spike is providing
0: us, the reader, as well as Twilight Sparkle with the 411 about the Autobots.
3: And let me tell you, Spike is one heck of an unreliable narrator. He does nothing but gush about how cool the Autobots are.
1: Well, hang on. Well, what are you saying? John, John, just don't, don't, don't engage. At uh- Bestie's just clickbaiting you.
3: Moving
4: on. There is someone else that's in the base with the dragon. And it's Grimlock, my favorite.
1: Yeah, he's a personal favorite of mine too. It seems to be just Grimlock and Spike and Teletran One on the arc. And Spike has questions and Grimlock has
3: answers. Questions like, how did you get to be so cool? Grimlock, already strongest Autobot, makes sense to to also be be greatest greatest dinosaur. And where are the other Autobots? Other Other missions? This is is fine. Grimlock Grimlock enough enough to protect Ark. Also, but what if there is an attack? Then Grimlock protect base. And where do you hide all of your cheese? All
0: right, hang on. First, Tim is not here, so that question did not get
1: asked. And second, why does Maggie get to be Grimlock? John, Tim is like the Force. He surrounds us and binds us. So the cheese question was in fact implied. Also, we maybe might have found a better voice for you to do later. Maybe. And you like her more than me. Well, that was implied as well.
3: Spike, having as much self-confidence as John, is impressed with his big friend, but is alarmed when an alarm goes off alarmingly.
2: Bleep,
0: bleep. Have no fear, the Constructicons are here. The green Takatoys toys are rapidly approaching the base
1: and they aim to misbehave. Spike, being new to this four-million-year-long fight, believes that things that build should be good. But is informed the opposite. These builders are bad robots.
3: Bite your tongue. These guys are the bee's knees. They are superstars. They are the best around, and nothing is going to keep them down. Except for
4: maybe a giant robotic dinosaur transformer with the biggest ego on the planet.
1: Spike swoons as he gazes up at Grimlock. Outside, the gang of green gangsters, acting on a tip that the Ark is deserted, prepare to create a brand new parking lot for the Autobots by leveling their home.
0: Me Grimlock! Grimlock here! Grimlock stop you! You are having way too much fun with this.
3: Best day of my life. What? best day? And back to the story. Spike shows up to offer his help as Grimlock starts kicking all the tin out of the cans of these deceptic creeps, and then moves on to standing on the toppled construction equipment like Godzilla at Dozer Days. Grimlock continues to taunt the Constructicons, which leads them
4: to do the thing that they do, which is combine into Devastator.
1: For those that are not in the know, the six construction vehicles slash robots can combine into a giant robot that is a personal favorite of mine who really likes to juggle smaller robots while telling them to prepare for extermination.
0: Grimlock is strong, tough, powerful, and a bit full of himself, but he does recognize when he is outmatched.
3: Spike, on the other hand, is like that small friend who keeps on egging on the fight at the bar when the other guy's gang shows up swinging chains. You know, that guy.
4: Devastator smashes our favorite dino boy into the ground with one solid punch, followed by a kick to the moon.
1: Spike watches this in shocked silence, then runs back into the arc. He picks up some books on operating Teletran 1 and a primer on Cybertronian translation.
0: And after a crash course that would impress Neo in the Matrix, the little dragon starts to type in a program on the main computer.
3: The large screen informs us that a main engine cycle is commencing, and Spike keys the mic to inform Grimlock that he is about to drop some sick... Beats outside.
4: Mid-stomp, Devastator hears a strange noise coming from the thrusters of the ark ship. The thrusters pointed right at his face. Whoosh.
1: The now charred and disassembled robots fall to the ground and quickly retreat. Spike checks on his good buddy. Grimlock
0: is impressed. While Spike laments that he should have done more, Grimlock points out that Spike taught himself a new language and learned how to program a computer and thought about using the engines as a weapon.
3: And Spike knows how to use pronouns. And as the praise continues, Spike falls to the ground, glowing with the pride that Grimlock called him inspiring. Aww. Aww. And now on to the next story. They eat ponies, don't
0: they? Credits. Written by Sam Mags, drawn by Casey Collar, colored by Joanna LaFuente, and edited by Megan Brown.
3: And featuring Pinkie Pie, Party Planner, and Baker Extraordinaire. Gage, an Autobot, Shockwave, a Decepticon. Welcome to the Great Pony Bake Off! Close, but no sea biscuit.
1: Here we are on a cooking show soundstage, complete with an audience of ponies and the great Pinkie Pie.
4: Welcome to Prep In With Pinkie.
1: Yay! And Pinkie has a special guest star.
0: Not me. Get over it, dude. I could have had a chance on that show with stupid
1: Transformers Trump me.
4: He's so sensitive about this, it's one of the reasons he does not like age.
1: Speaking of which, the young Transformer joins the pony on stage as Pinky explains that this is part of a new cultural exchange program on Equestria, kind of like what we do every year.
3: Luckily, we are not doing a recipe exchange. I do not think we should be exporting Jeff's friendship flapjacks to Minnesota. The world just does not need that much gluten. On Preppin' with Pinky, the Pink Pony
0: pleasantly pronounces the produced pastry for the parlay. Multiple cupcakes.
4: Gage, obviously nervous about being on camera for the first time, is gear-locked in stage fright mode, but is able to focus once given some advice from Pinky. Imagine the audience in their underwear.
1: Aren't the ponies all naked anyways?
3: Quiet, you, this is a kid's show. The metal marvel makes her mandible move and manages to mumble a message, iron-filling casserole with energon reduction.
0: Mmm, just like mom used to make. The look of disgust we have is matched by the look of all the ponies in the audience. As Pinky tries to move the show along, a massive rumbling occurs in the studio. This is not part of the show. A space bridge appears and suddenly shockwave is there. Oh no!
4: Guys, guys, it's all all alright. Shockwave's here to join the cultural exchange. He wants to participate in the show.
1: Oh, whew. Well, that's a relief. I always took him as an analytical, stone-cold psychopath. So, uh, what's he gonna make?
4: Chopped up pony for Energon. What?!
1: He leaps at Pinky and
0: Gage, ready to make some horrible type of pony dessert. Pinky and Gage react and dodge before Gage smashes a baking pan around Shockwave's head.
3: Clang! Shockwave, now suffering a serious concussion, is momentarily distracted while the audience takes five, and our two heroes bicker over who's going to save who.
1: Shockwave continues the assault with his energized weapons, a spork and spatula.
4: You go with your bad self, Shockwave.
0: Gage rips off those weapons of mass cooking while pushing the robot backwards over Pinkie Pie's outstretched hoof.
3: Trip! And while Shockwave is off balance, Gage grabs some pans and tosses one to the pony, and on three slam boot to the face pan to the face dear right uh well boot and hoof to the chest
1: and that is enough to tumble the purple perpetrator back into the space bridge
3: the remaining ponies in the audience take a moment and then break into applause 47 minutes later
4: the set has been cleaned up and the tasty treats are back on the table after a bit of preamble by Pinky, she and her guests take a bite of each other's food. Nom, nom, nom.
1: At that moment, the horse and robot realize they both have made poor life decisions. And in what they've chosen
3: to eat. <sighs>
1: the end.
3: And that is our comic, folks. So now let's get into, you know the themes are let's talk about some of the things we want to talk about about this issue and we'll start with the power pony packaging now there's two covers there's a regular cover and then there's the retailer incentive cover let's talk about the just the uh the regular cover that's got spike and grimlock on it what do you guys think about these covers
4: oh i like i love the cover as soon as i saw the two of them like spouting flame unfortunately it's not something that actually happens in this story just something i harp on (laughs) continuously but it's still awesome it's still a really cool cover I love all the colors. It's so colorful.
1: It is great. These comics have all been just like, do you like colors? Here they are. Do you like vibrancy? We've got that, too. Do you like those blended together and like a kind of a wizard on a side of a van or on a peachy or on a big puffy sticker or something? Throw that in there as well. Just put it in a blender and stir it up into a giant, you know, unicorn themed Starbucks beverage that makes the people that prepare it weep. But it works.
3: It works really well. And we should say, too, that this one with Spike and Grimlock, this is done by Tony Fleek's. It just has that feeling of Saturday morning cartoon. They really have captured the essence of a cell-drawn animation style. Very much action. You see kind of a swoosh of a spike flying around Grimlock. It's weird. You, you can't see Devastator, but it's like there's two Devastators going on there. Or or they or we're looking through Devastators legs. I don't know quite what's going on there with Devastator. He's it's kind of funky there, but you see, devastator's legs and they're blowing flames at them and it's it's a thing
0: (laughs) yeah i agree i was going to say exactly that with about they really get the cell animation now just in case you're under any sort of confusion as to what's going on with this i mean this is a rather unlikely crossover it's both a an obvious one in that they're both hasbro properties but they're these properties and this one actually draws them in a way that you know, shows, oh, I guess they could work. They both have, you know, fire-breathing dinosaur-dragon-type things. Let's, let's go with
3: this. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the wrong pairings of combinations, the Retailer Incentive Cover is done by Casey Collar and Joanna LaFuente. And this one is Pinkie Vi versus Shockwave. And this is on the set of The Baking Show. There's, like, some cupcakes and a cake down there, and there's a bunch of, like, baking or, like, sweets behind them. And you got Pinkie Pie up in the air... Just has launched a pie into Shockwave's cyclops-like face, and she's holding another pie ready to go. And Soundwave is saying "illogic" and getting a splat on there. Illogic yeah, <laughs> splat. I want this as a poster to put in my room. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. It's pretty
0: sweet. <laughs> Casey Collar and Joanna Lafuente are. Uh, probably my favorite of the modern artist colors teams. They mm-hmm. do a lot of the um, IDW phase two stuff that we cover. And I really, I like, I love the way he does robe. They do robots and this is just great.
4: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Pie to the face shockwave. Like honestly, in my opinion, shockwave scarier than Megatron in a lot of ways. So a pie to the face of shockwave is oh, yeah. very satisfying.
0: <laughs> right. I'm sure we'll get to it later, but he picked the wrong of the ponies to try to, to mess, mess with. with
1: yeah. <laughs> you, you picked the wrong baking show to mess with today, mister. <laughs> Which is not something you hear very often.
3: So. <laughs> no, the, I, I agree with you. I would put them up in, in this type of art style up there with Guri Huru. I think Guruhuru Huru is, is the other one that can bring this level of just joy and fun and cartooniness to anything that they draw, and I think it's wonderful.
1: It's fun. It's neat. And throughout this series, they've been having different artists do different things, and so it's it's interesting to see kind of the take, where sometimes it's kind of a soft, kind of very cartoony Transformers look, and other times it's like, they do Shockwave great. These are great-looking Shockwave pictures.
0: Yeah, Casey Collar can... I mean, I, I follow him on Twitter, I, and he'll, he puts some of his sketches up sometimes, mm-hmm. and he does a lot. He'll put up things of commissions that he does. He is... He's definitely grew up watching the 80s cartoon while reading the 80s comic book, and he kind of blends the best aspects of both of those and puts a modern twist on it. I love looking at his stuff. And he, they really got the pony down, too. That looks exactly like Pinkie Pie.
4: Absolutely. The art
0: throughout is entirely consistent. Everyone looks like they look, and it's
4: great art, no matter what. There's not a bad panel in the thing. I looked. There's not.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into the book itself and talk about some things. We've started to already. Grimlock and Spike, great choice together. Uh-huh. It's so Absolutely. good. It shouldn't work. And yet it's so kind of also one of those things like, well, of course it's going to work.
1: Two favorite stories in this series and Spike and Grimlock is one of them.
3: Yeah, that that's fair. It's a blast seeing the big dumb beast just sit in there and... He's all emotion all the time. And here is a little tiny thing that's all emotion all the time. And it it works. It really works well together.
4: Yeah. It's actually the first Spike-centric story that I really like in the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. The Spike episodes aren't necessarily my favorite ones. I like the pony stories. Give me the ponies. That's what I'm there for. But in this, with him and Grimlock, and I think it does help that they kind of softened Grimlock up a little bit to actually be really adorable and sweet.
1: <laughs> he is, he's he's so good he is, with Spike. He's wonderful. I, I love his interaction with them because it's oh. like you, you know Grimlock. Grimlock is yo me I'm yes. Grimlock. Me I'm yeah. king. Yeah. You know, and that's there you go. It's just like me yo me want a much metal. <laughs> he's aggression. He's like pure aggression. And then to see him just kind of like taking a moment, you know, taking a beat. Sitting down with a little buddy and just going, "Hey, I yeah.
0: love that we." And they still get managed to give us the action too. We got Grimlock versus Devastator. That's right? not something no, we've ever seen before. So nice. We've seen the Dinobots all take on Devastator in the sure. movie of a number of times, yes. but just Grimlock straight up versus Devastator. I used to do that with my toys, <laughs> mostly because I had only had him as a Dinobot. <laughs>
3: but Aww, that's cute. <laughs> I guess that will be the next question is: You guys are the experts on Transformers, Jeff. You love Transformers. I do. Maggie, you are a fan of Transformers. Who's your guys' favorite combiner?
0: Uh, Predaking. Mm, good choice.
3: And for those of them who don't know, what is Predaking made up of? What are the robots? Predaking is made up of
0: the Predacons, who are a group of... They're, they're Decepticons that transform into predatory animals, lions, tigers, a ram. There's like a hawk. I, I don't know their names offhand, except for Razorclaw, who's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, in the com in the cartoon, they were always faced off against the Dinobots because there was one for one against. But they had the advantage of being able to turn into Predaking, and he's always pushed in all of the media as being the ultimate hunter. That when he combines into Predaking, he becomes like this super predator thing that-
4: does he look like predator does he get like the hair <laughs> heat vision oh i say so, yeah no okay, <laughs> okay. that's
0: good <laughs> that's I, I also like combaticons bruticus yeah oh
3: quite a bit oh, yeah. just, i like the way he physically looks mm-hmm. bruticus is cool uh, maggie do you have a favorite one or you just kind of going, going along with the ones that
4: no i i always have an opinion i always have an opinion <laughs> I would have to say I'm not super up on my combiners, but I do quite like Defensor because I like the robots who make him up, which would be, oh boy, Ratchet and Red Alert, not Ratchet, not Ratchet. Red Alert and um, uh, Red First Alert. Aid. No?
0: First Aid. And-
4: <laughs> Wait, who's Ambulon a part of? No one. No one? Is that just an IDW face two yes. thing? It's just the leg? <laughs> so then actually, I guess I don't have an answer. I don't have an opinion. Well, it sounds like you
1: like the Technobots.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No, like no,
1: Technobots are somebody else.
4: Oh, no, that's like Perceptor, yeah. right? It's,
0: no, it's
1: pre- one of those.
0: no, the Technobots were their own thing, too, and there were the
1: C-cons. Yeah. Part of yeah. The problem we-
4: is that there are so many Transformers, and they all do different things.
0: Yet all
1: kind of do the same thing.
4: In so many variations. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: they turn into a big thing and then run at the other one, and then the good one wins.
4: I like menosaur I can say that. Menasaur is cool. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, oh, boy. The
1: Stunticons. Yeah, those are all good choices. I, like, I love Bruticus. I, lo- I love the aerial bots too. I love Superion. But I think my continual default one that I go to is Devastator. I love I love the big green machine. He's so awesome. Uh, I love the fact that you know, he was kind of the original combiner and kind of, you know, the first one with like a cohesive color scheme. I also like the fact that in the comics, at one point, Spike Witwicky kills Scraper. And that's their leader. Devastator still needs him to be, be there so that he can maneuver around and do stuff. Scraper is dead. So he's got Devastator has a dead right leg that they drag around. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. They're also at one point were like, we need a new leader. And they stole Prowl and put Prowl into a leader. (laughs) You know, it kind of combined with them. And because Prowl is so logical and analytical that it really calmed Devastator down because Devastator is six voices screaming at the top of their lungs at each other. The fact that they can do anything is just like, yeah, it's the default setting is to punch it because they're just they're just angry and they're all trying to take charge. But when Prowl got in there and took charge, they were just like, wow, we can think this is peaceful. We like this. This is nice. And they kind of like formed a relationship with Prowl or, you know, or they're like and Prowl in the IDW verse is the worst. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love to hate him so much. Yeah, <laughs> yes. they cover they cover that pretty good with the uh, the Wreckers stuff.
3: I definitely would go Devastator too because as a kid I had I want to say four out of the six which just always hurt me. I wanted the rest of them. I wanted them all, but trying to convince my parents that I needed those other two, they're like, "Well, you've got the rest of them. Why do you need those? Because they combine.
1: Yeah.
3: Blink, blink. But you got the yeah. the four there. Why do you need the you other? You got two arms. You got arms and, and, and that, legs. And, and, you don't need and, a torso." Yeah, so just like I didn't have all of them and it just hurt. And so, you know, as an adult with disposable income, they re-released him like, yes, I want this (laughs) (laughs) because I must have them finally together.
0: My brother had had all of Devastator. I had three fifths of Superion and um, two uh, and uh, two Protector bots, so I could make a oh. Superion defense or hybrid thing.
3: Very nice. Is there anything else that anybody wants to say about the first story? About just how awesome it was to watch a dinosaur kick Devastator, which we <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> it was, very it cool. was great. So good. Well, if nobody has anything else, let's go ahead and talk about the second story, which is um, they shirt ponies, don't they? which has anybody seen the movie they shoot horses Uh, don't they
0: i must have at some point
3: okay it's very very depressing it's extremely (laughs) depressing (laughs) it's really sad jane fonda film from the 1960 uh, late 1960s it's a good film it's just really really sad so the fact that they named it that i started laughing hysterically i just like okay that's funny That's a good joke. I like that. Let's see where this goes. And I love this story. (laughs) I love slapstick. Let's talk about slapstick comedy. That's what makes this one work for me. I love it. I love the fact that they are using frying pans and dishes. Tripping. A shockwave is there with a spatula (laughs) and a spoon. He's got a cheeseburger and a
1: whisk as well. He's got his uh, kind of Energon hands. He can transform them into different things. Normally it's a right hand is a hand, left hand is a a blaster. This time it's cheese grater whisk. (laughs) Spatula uh, uh, spork.
3: (laughs) It's just ridiculous. What are you guys' thoughts on this? On on using this level of slapstick in this comic, I mean, it's a silly concept to begin with, but it seems like this story takes it over the top. I think it really
0: worked for this story, both because of the subject matter of the story. If you're threatening a threatening them with getting eaten, that is actually not usually the threats that the ponies are dealing with in their show. <laughs> so what I mean, I was like, "Whoa, that's a little dark for this," but then to immediately go over the top this because you know it's it's pinky. You know, Annie, it's a Pinkie Pie centered episode. It's everybody goes slapstick. I mean, you said not about Pinkie Pie is the closest of them to an actual cartoon.
4: Ah, oh, yes. She you is know. borderline tune. And you can't beat a tune, not even Shockwave. Pinky wins. I think it was very appropriate for Pinkie Pie. If she's going to handle someone like Shockwave, it's going to be with whatever she's got around her. Very drunken master kind of style. But yeah, pots and pans and stuff that's in the kitchen and then on the set that she's at and manages to keep the whole audience safe from Shockwave, which also impressive because mm-hmm. they didn't leave. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Some of the audience left. They do have a picture in here where, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, Shockwave's here and there's a fight going on and some people are, you know, Gage is like pointing to an exit and they do show a bunch of ponies running to the door. But there's still enough left. The rounding of Shockwave's head, because it gets nice and circular like a coin after it gets smacked in the front and the back with the Prime (laughs) 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 King.
3: I'm not as much of an expert on the Transformer characters, especially once we get a... Gen 1. Talk to me about Gage.
0: Oh, I'm, not, I'm actually not as familiar with Gage either. Gage is new in the most recent Transformers comic, which is a brand new continuity, which is after the ones we're doing. It's a complete reset. But Gage is a young Transformer, and I think R.C. is his mentor. There's a whole plot about um, young Transformers in that it starts out with they're only allowed a certain amount of them to be born every year, and they're born like that, and they're much more simple-looking looking like he is. And as they get, Gage is actually a uh, female. Yeah. I wasn't even sure. Oh, okay. Um But so as she, as she gets older, she like starts adding on things to the chassis as she starts to develop her own thing. But I don't really know much about her. Obviously I didn't even know the gender of the, <laughs> yeah, I think she was a IDW. Uh, creation yeah. it's in, i know she yeah. i know she's from the new idw comic there was another young character named rubble it was that was first did and i read it for a while up until the fact that they horribly killed rubble off and i was like i don't know if i want to read this so i haven't read it any more of it yet but i guess gauge was the next one that they made to replace the dead one
3: okay now that we're in a disp- depressing place here uh, how do we i mean Gage was okay in this one. A little Vanilla, I, I, it was really hard to mm-hmm. mm. Wow, I was going to say this. I'm going to go ahead and say Gage, her character She's a good straight woman for Pinkie Pie, I guess you might say. <laughs> Literally anyone
1: would. freaking Robin Williams and his Pete would wind up being the straight one <laughs> and the <a> Pinkie Pie. <laughs> Gage was fine. She could have been replaced by anybody and it would have worked just as fine. This could have been a good mm-hmm. Bumblebee story. Could have been. You could have had anybody. It would have been fine.
3: Although I, I think it It does work better with a little Mm -hmm. bit more of an unknown because we've got Shockwave and we've got Pinkie Pie. Do we need another A-lister or even B-lister to come in? Not knowing Gage that well. Gage might actually be a higher list, but I mean, for G1 fans that are looking at this. and And when I'm looking at this, I'm really thinking it really in the eyes of Generation 1 old school transformers cartoon that's just the feeling i get cuz i'm like i said this is this is a brother and her sister in the 80s crashing their toys together
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: here's another question for you guys what snack would you make on tv if you got the opportunity to go on to a show like this.
1: Ooh. Handful of Reese's Pieces. <laughs> solid. Solid. Actually, I'd probably make chocolate chip cookies that I really like to make. The trick is I, I use a miniature m and so mini M&M's, and I use about two to three times the amount that the recipe calls for, <laughs> and the amount of vanilla that goes in also is kind of multiplied up by about the same amount, and they turn out really, really nicely. All right. Ooh. I've got a family pizza recipe that's pretty good. I can throw that together in a pinch. I'd probably
0: do that. Unless it was the British Baking Show and I was on it, then I would like cook them comfort food and blow their British minds. It's like, <laughs> here's some spices, you guys.
3: Prior to recording the show tonight, my family was watching the newest season of British Baking Show. We are caught up with watching it every Friday when it comes out and that that's our No spoilers. That's our thing that we do. It's bread week too. <laughs> so,
4: yeah. Oh, oh, Paul Hollywood's favorite. (laughs) Yeah, if I was going to do a snack, I'd probably do a rhubarb crisp.
1: I like crisps. They're good.
4: Yeah, there was a a weekend this past summer. John's dad gave us um, a metric ton of rhubarb. And I made three rhubarb crisps in one weekend, one of which went to work with me. It was good. I made an apple crisp that weekend, too. (laughs) four crisps, but I would do something like that. It was very tasty and very sweet. I think Pinkie Pie would like it.
3: What other parts of this little comic or this story do you guys want to talk about? Because, I mean, we haven't even talked about how frightening it would be to face Shockwave anywhere. Oh, Dark
4: Alley. Yeah, that's the one you least want to meet. is <laughs> Shockwave, for sure.
0: We're about to, on the Rod Pod, cover the story arc that deals with how Shockwave got the way that he is. It is one of the most creepy yes. and tragic Stories yes. ever. So, and since we read it, we we basically can't stop thinking about Shockwave. Yeah.
4: So, it, in a, it, it kind of permanently changes the way you see that character when you read his backstory. It, it creepy and tragic is exactly right.
1: <laughs> I I want this. I need this in my head now.
4: Yeah, it's wow. wonderful, but so sad, and yeah, really disturbing. It's pretty cool. It's we're looking forward to that one, and it's podcasting season,
3: so we'll be getting to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He is more psychotic and disturbing than Megatron or, or any of the other Decepticons. Well, he's just so much more ruthless.
1: Well, he's, he's logical. Dead. He just cuts it, cuts everything off to
3: yeah. just like
1: logic says.
3: Right.
0: And he's the one character that really the, com- the Marvel comic book version of him is kind of treated as the iconic version going forward. Because on the cartoon, he wasn't really much anything. It was just you know megatron's Toadie, who, who sat by the phone waiting for him to call <laughs> yeah. uh, but in the comic he's much more they really go by the tech specs and his just ruthless logicalness i mean he he overthrows megatron a couple a couple of times just because logic dictates he'd be a better leader and so he becomes one and he's just ruthless and and his plans are always the kind of and then we'll wipe out all life on this planet you know to get about a couple more minutes worth of gas for cybertron or something like that he's mm-hmm. just he's terrifying okay i like shockwave yeah. My personal favorite as
3: well. <laughs> yeah. i like shockwave too we like shockwave and we are terrified of shockwave so yay
1: yeah shockwave is basically spock is written by tarantino uh, yeah yeah
4: i was i was trying to make a spock analogy and i'm like no because they, they did the thing with the part
3: human side but yeah something about that but yeah spock with tarantino <laughs> absolutely well Unless you guys have anything else to say, we can move on into the pony thoughts if you guys want. I mean, pony thoughts are always fun. This is where we look at various pieces of the books or the stories that we just went through. And we we talk a little bit more about them. We're going to start with the barn door art. Let me tell you, I have fun taking our stuff and coming up with new ways to talk about (laughs) it. So the barn door art, what piece of art in this book needs to be put on the barn door? And we always like to start with art jokes uh who wants to go with their backup joke one first does anybody have a good backup joke one they want to talk about
1: all right my joke backup is on page seven so this is the first story and this is books for the win
3: i i had this same one i called it cram session
1: oh nice this is the panel that has spike reading modern cybertronian for everyday conversations and teletran one for dummies he's reading a couple of uh cybertonian introductory manuals just to figure out how to operate Teletran one, and it is just that he's got an intense look on his face. he's like, you know it's just like you know the montage music time where he's just like where people would be training and this would just be showing him like reading a book and reading a book and reading a book and there you go
4: <laughs> I had actually picked that one too. that yep, was probably my favorite panel is him reading
3: those two books. I giggled so hard when I read that, yeah, it's
1: great. It's so funny. Oops. It is so great. <laughs>
3: John, did you have a a good backup joke one that you wanted to talk about as well?
0: Yeah, my backup joke one is actually on that page there too. It's on the the left facing page with the thum. I call it Grimlock learn lim, Grimlock learn new limitations.
1: <laughs> but that's okay. Grimlock is sturdy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I, I do like it. It's it's just. It's the tiny arms not doing anything too, which is also right. good. That's pretty great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this is a picture where uh, Devastator is just doing a big old right fist into <laughs> Grimlock's abdomen and knocking him yep. into the dirt. <laughs> there, there's a bunch of good funny ones in this one.
3: I know we gotta my backup one. Um, my top one is actually on the second story, and it's the second page of the second story, and. It's what I call stage left.
1: Oh, that's fun.
3: So this is right after Pinkie Pie has introduced Gage, and she is pointing off to stage right. She's like, and here's Gage, and Gage comes out stage left. Uh, So I I loved it because she's still pointing the opposite way, and she does her, her head swooshing around as she's seeing Gage come in from the other side. I found that to be very funny. (laughs) I don't, I like it. It's the start of the good slapstick and it's a good little piece of physical humor and it's hidden in the back just enough where it's like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Maggie, do you have a good top joke one that you want to talk about? My
4: my second one, because my first one obviously sure, was with the the books with Spike, because that was great. What I really do like, it's actually on the uh, the other page here, where, where Pinkie Pie says, Oh, that's great, Gage. It looks delicious," and Gage's response is just, "I know." <laughs> <laughs> I like that too. I thought that was adorable.
0: Mine is a little bit. Uh, it's it's right after the one where it's on the page right after where uh spike was reading the books and learning everything it's it's the continuing adventures of grimlock's lesson in humility mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just <laughs> where he's he, uh spike has just yeah. said grimlock i've got something to help you've got five seconds get down he's like grimlock can do that <laughs> <laughs> devastator has been presumably just
1: stomping on him for the
0: past <laughs> page.
4: <laughs> Or Grimmy, and poor <laughs> Yes, he
1: has. <laughs> Grimlock needs to get slapped around from time to time. It's 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 pecking order. You always got to do pecking order with Grimlock. <laughs> so you always got to you, you got to be the alpha with him. Otherwise, he's just going to be like, well, I guess I'm in charge now. Yes, it is mm-hmm. what he does. Oh no, Optimus died because that's what Optimus does. That's <laughs> his name. My name is Optimus. Oh, I died, it's, Prime. It's,
3: it's his superpower. Okay.
1: Yeah, and then Grimlock goes, I'm in charge. And it's like, no, it's not you. Yeah, it is. Oh, crud. Optimus is back. My top joke one is in the They Eat Horses, Don't They, 1. This is on the bottom right-hand panel. Of page 15, and I call it, And the Whisk of Doom! (laughs) And this is when Shockwave is leaping at them, saying, Discovering how much pony it takes to fuel one Decepticon, except he's got the cheese grater and whisk hands. And it is just hilarious to see anybody be attacked by those. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, cheese graters are kind of nasty, but a whisk? A whisk. A whisk. A whisk.
3: Hey, you know what? They can beat you with a whisk. I mean... They can if beat you ever- with a whisk, oh. and if you do what we do, when we have... If you've ever uh, had, like, an electric mixer get away from you, though, they can do some damage. It only happened to me one time. One time. <laughs> Just one time.
0: Yeah. I don't
3: like
1: to talk about it. That's been in <laughs>
0: my head. Frodo
3: of the, of the nine, nine Fingers. fingers.
1: <laughs> and the whisk of doom. Yeah, that's where I got that from.
3: Then let's go ahead and talk about the best art. What is our top art that we want to place up on this barn door? Does anybody want to jump in here?
4: If I was going to pick a panel to have, it, it would have to be the one with Spike looking up at Grimlock transformed into his T-Rex form, and his little hands on his cheeks. So cool! <laughs> it is that would super be super cute. It, it, I love the perspective because he's so mm-hmm. small, and Grimlock is very mm-hmm. big, and he's just completely starstruck by him. And it perfectly encapsulates those those feelings there, and really showcases how awesome Grimlock is. Yeah. So, that, that is definitely my choice.
1: It is a good one. That's fun.
0: Uh, I'd go with the, the actually page one, just because mm. it has the thing that I always love to see and point out when I see it in the comics. And it's usually the role of the humans in the comics is to really set off the scale that we're talking yep. about. It's often hard when it's just the, the Autobots or Decepticons hanging out together. It's hard to, it's sometimes easy to, to forget that these things are giant and look at the size of Teletran here. I know that Spike's yep. a little guy, but you know he's <laughs> that's a, a big computer. He, but he's you know he's smaller than ponies, but ponies right. are you know fairly fairly big. Oh, they're small horses. That's a big freaking computer screen right there. Yep. That Spike. Likes to use. Well,
3: later on, he's also crawling around on there doing the programming, that and he's crawling yeah. across yeah. the keyboard. So that's something impressive as well.
1: He had to stack and climb the books that he was reading <laughs> to get up to the keyboard, so that way he could bodily press each one. as he, The keys are about the size of his torso. So, uh, There's so many great little touches in this series. I love it so much. This one's great, too, just because I love the Outer Towner in the big city looking at all them tall, their buildings, you know, mm. kind of thing. It's just like, just like, wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! You know, and he's just looking around. He's amazed by all of it, because it's not what he's used to, because yeah. he's yeah. from Ponyland.
4: I really gained a little bit of respect for Spike in this one, because he, he for first thing, he says is that he's entirely out of his element and he's completely okay with that. He's thrilled <laughs> beyond belief to have a brand new experience and his very own adventure because his whole thing is not having a lot of confidence in himself. So it was it
3: was it was a nice story for Spike. That's good. Since we're in this first story, I'll tell my one of my backup ones here for Best Art is what I call Godzilla, and it's and it's Grimlock standing over mm-hmm. the knocked over Tonka trucks of the Dece- of the Decepticons, and he's just in there. Ah! <laughs> There's something just absolutely toy like and fun about it. It's the toys knocked over. He's just standing on them, and it's just this is right out of the toy world. I, I like that that feeling. That just we're just playing with toys. That's all we're doing right now.
1: That's actually my top one. I call it <laughs> Grimlock, no bozo, me king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that is so uh, oh, so good yeah he's just trouncing the individuals just trouncing the constructicons you know until they get their act together
3: uh-huh. so good Be- before we move on to the second story does anybody else have any great art that they want to point in?
1: I have I have my backup one still to do which is okay. on the page it's on page 15 it's the it's the introduction of shockwave and it's just logic dictates victory okay. is what i call it cuz uh, i i Love the way that they draw Shockwave in this. It's so good. And just any time a bot walks in, it's a big robot, but they've <laughs> yeah. got their hands behind their back just walking in through a teleportation bridge. And it's just like, this guy means business. He looks super cool, but also, uh, he's probably not a good guy walking in the, into the room like that.
3: No, I like that one, too. I like that one, too. I was going to mention on this one here, my top good art in the second story was all the way near the end, and it was... Pans to the face, pans to the head, <laughs> and it's this double shot slam of Gage and Pinkie Pie just hammering a shockwave. It's 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 beautiful. It's, it's it's hilarious, it's funny, and it's just great art, and there's the action anime element to it. I love it. I love it. Yeah,
4: and, P- and Pinkie Pie with the, uh, the smile and a wink. And she's doing it too. That's great.
3: <laughs> Does anybody else have one from the second story? Mine was actually a shockwave walking through too. I was desperately trying to oh, find another. Oh, nice. So.
1: <laughs> no, no, we can, we can, we can share. Oh,
0: we That's the joy. That's a joy. Hey, um, it's,
3: I'm sensing a theme of some sort. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and on those wonderful, wonderful, touching words, let's talk about some wonderful words. What are the transforming words? What are some of the best or funniest words that you guys found in here? are
1: probably going to see a lot of this combo come up, but my backup best words are Grimlock and Spike on page two. Spike just talking about how awesome Grimlock is and Grimlock goes, does Tiny Spike have any questions for Grimlock? (laughs) How did you get to be so cool? (laughs) Grimlock already strongest Autobot makes sense to also be greatest dinosaur. Ah, so cool. It just... Love it. Love it, love yep. it, love it, love it. Oh,
4: absolutely. And honestly, for me, I'd, I'd have to say it's it's got to be the conversation that they have at the end.
1: That, that's yeah, my I, top. That's my for top. For
4: sure. I liked the first story a, a little more than I liked the second story. I liked the Spike and Grimlock one better than the Pinkie Pie Shockwave story. But that conversation with them at the end, just chilling and having some real talk and complimenting and kind of boosting Spike's confidence. I just I,
3: absolutely. That was my top one, but specifically where... The last line or the the last sentence that Grimlock says on one of them, it's Spike use pronouns. (laughs) That's what sold that one for me. Just that was the that was the cherry on top of the entire thing right there. It's. That's good.
1: Mine's all about just building Spike up and just t- talking about how great he is, and basically just saying Grimlock will always be Grimlock. Spike <laughs> yeah. cool potential, you know. It's just like, yeah, Grimlock is cool. Grimlock is what you see, but Grimlock is what you Grimlock. It's what you get.
4: <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> the other one that I was going to mention was part of the image that we already talked about with the between Gage and Pinkie Pie, where Gage, where Pinkie Pie says, "Ah, oh, that's great, Gage. It looks delicious." <laughs> <I know. laughs> <laughs> it's
1: iron filings <laughs> and on reduction and it's got gears in it it just it looks like you know when you go to like a, a you Pull it place <laughs> that's been there for a while oh boy this is going to be toxic ground forever
3: <laughs> so is there is there any more words that anybody wants to talk about top or backup or what have you
0: i've just got two ties i i really like the bit it has hit me well with the whole story in the second story where um, Gage is trying to get Pinky say, "Get save yourself. I'll he goes, I'll protect you. And he's like, no, I'll, no, I'm going to help. We'll take out this fool together. And that's always been the whole thing. that in all of these stories, it's like, you've got to have your team up. And Pinky's brave as anything. And she's not going to let Shockwave take out her new friend. And my other but the bit that actually just made me laugh out loud was the stage left, stage right bit. Because it went on two panels. You know, it was it was there and it was like it was amusing, but then it
3: How does that make any sense?
0: While they're fighting. I love that stuff.
3: With that said, let's go into best in show and rusty robots. We want to identify the characters who were the best and the worst in this issue. And that's not to say that the robots the worst and the and the horse of the best. I just wanted to do best in show and rusty robots. So let's talk about the worst. Who's got the worst character? character in these two stories? I'll
1: give you a hint. They want to eat ponies. <laughs> so you say that you say that Shockwave was the worst. I'm saying Shockwave.
3: Okay. That was going to be my choice, too, with Shockwave. I liked Shockwave a little bit more, just because he entered in, and he kept changing his weapons, and that endeared him with me just a little bit. You know, you go in, you've got this blister pack full of all these add-ons. When else are you going to use them? So he's just... Put them on. I like that. I respect that. I actually went with Devastator. Hmm. Devastator showed up and just, he did his business, but that was it. I, I was actually looking like, I want to actually pick out who's maybe the worst Constructicon, but that was a five-way tie, because there's like five Constructicons Six. that didn't say, no, five of them no. that didn't say anything. Oh, One of them point. said something. Oh, <laughs> so know just I know. <laughs> like, five of you didn't really show up so much. So, I, I just went ahead and said that. Devastator, he, he came and he did his business, but he he came and did the one thing he always does. And that, that was it. There was no real panache to it. He just, uh, so that was my
0: worst. (laughs) And he did go down by, you know, a small cartoon dragon. So that's embarrassing. (laughs) That's embarrassing in the lunchroom later. You
3: know, it's, (laughs) To be fair, I don't know if he really knew it, because yeah, all true. he knew yeah. was that he's standing there about to be successful, and then he got a face full of it fire. was always burning. He <laughs> never yeah. really saw who started the fire, but let's talk about the best then. Who do we think the best, Now, I think I know your guys' I may have be the one that's different on this one, yes. but uh, l- let me know, who who's your guys' best? Grimlock. We got one Grimlock. Uh, uh, and Why do you like Grimlock? Oh, he showed such growth, such maturity. <laughs> and bravery. Going
4: up against Devastator all by himself was not something that was going to go well for him, but he sure as heck was going to try. And I, I, I got some respect for that. And, and again, that conversation between him and Spike at the end of the story, absolute perfection. So Grimlock for sure, best in
3: show. That's a good choice. I like That's that. That's a good choice. A good choice. And, and Grimlock does lead with his face. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I'm sure that the two other guys here are going to choose Spike. Am I right?
1: I am.
0: I'm
3: choosing Pinkie Pie. Mm. Okay, I am with John on Pinkie Pie, so Jeff, talk a little bit about Spike then.
1: I like Spike. I like the fact that uh, he was a stranger in a strange land and he wasn't freaked out about it. He immediately made some friends, got a little hero worship, but he also realized even though he's not going to be able to go out and fight six giant robots and then a giant, he can use his brain and do some stuff. I just, I liked his interaction with Grimlock. I liked his uh, learning, you know, the Cybertronian language and how to use uh, Teletron 1 and, you know, defeating Devastator and everything. I just thought I I like Spike. I think Spike is great. It's
3: an excellent piece. That's fair. I do not disagree with either of those, but I know John and I have chosen Pinkie Pie.
1: You guys just want cupcakes. (laughs) I know it. You're trying to get on the Pinkie Pie good side to get some of that sweet, sweet pumpkin spice latte cupcakes that she's going to be making this time of year. Yeah.
3: (laughs) And the problem with this is what?
1: (laughs) That I'm not getting any because you guys are going to hog them all.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's right, because Pinkie Pie likes us more because we chose her. This guy came in here and I enjoyed, I thoroughly enjoyed just from the comedy standpoint and the perfect beats uh, with Pinkie Pie doing her bit. And it's such Pinkie Pie and it's such over the top and it's so enjoyable. I just enjoyed just her entire interactions with Gage, the audience, and then Shockwave. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. John? Oh,
0: uh, pretty much the same. I, I, I did particularly like that she's she's there running her show, which she's obviously put a lot of work in. You know, it probably didn't take her very long. I mean, she's always hopped up on something. Yes. So she got it done quick. Cupcakes. Re- cupcakes. Hopped up on exactly. cupcakes. Um, Good show. And uh she's ready to go. And the most terrifying Decepticon, not named Overlord, walks through the <laughs> space bridge, and her immediate response is to hit him in the face with a pan. So I'm like, kudos to you. That is better than most Autobots manage to pull off when he shows up. They usually are too busy going, oh, my God, it's Shockwave. And
1: That was Gage that hit Shockwave in the face with a pan, actually.
3: Pinkie Pie
1: tossed a towel right. in his
3: face. Still, that's more than most... Autobots do.
1: That's true, except for Gage, apparently.
0: Maybe it's it's just that their their lack of experience with him seems to have led to some sort
1: of hopped-up courage.
3: Well, but they do that, case, They do their double whammy.
1: <laughs> That's right, I like that
0: one.
3: Attacking with a towel, that takes some serious <laughs> hooves.
1: You know some D&D. You blind your opponent, now they have disadvantage <laughs> on their defense. You have advantage on your attack with your pan. So...
3: It's even easier to blind Shockwave. Dude only got one eye! On.
0: <laughs> you only have to do half the work. They're getting some... Great use out of uh, towels and capes,
3: capes and various yes. other
0: things. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, Pinkie Pie, if for nothing else, she knows where her towel is. She's up on her Douglas Adams 42? for sure. Yeah. Darn straight, darn straight. Yeah. Soundstage 42.
1: Huh? You know, it, Rick, Rick's pointing this out and it's uh, making me realize that My Little Pony is in the pocket of big textiles <laughs> with their capes and their... <laughs>
3: wow we, we've gone down a deep and dark hole and there's only one way out of this hole and that is through the magic of beer let's go ahead and bring this on to a rough landing and talk about our final thoughts on the beers that we have all brought to drink on this episode so jeff and i have been drinking equilibrium photon i don't know about you jeff but i'm still enjoying this this is still for me exactly the same as when we started a little bit in there i'm still getting the nice head on the beer it's got the really nice taste it's very pleasant i'm not getting that bitter hoppy notes in there at least when i'm drinking it i'm enjoying this
1: this thing continues to pour foam this just it, you pour it and it just goes it just completely froths up which is why i had a little uh, beverage accident earlier because i was like oh, i'll top up my little my little drinky sippy cup and it went and then it went, and then it went, and it went, and then it played elephant toothpaste. And I'm like, son of a gun. Taste-wise, it's very similar to what it was at the beginning. It seems to have it out in my tongue, or my taste buds have died off a little bit. I'm enjoying it more now than I was on my first sips. I am enjoying it. It's not the most amazing beverage that I've ever had, but uh, it's it for me, it's a good strong five.
3: Oh, okay. I'm going to go ahead and go for the 4 on this one. I'm enjoying it a little bit more than you are, but that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and go to the wonderful Maggie. Maggie, what are you finding about your beverage that you brought?
4: Yeah, so this this puff tart that I got, which is an imperial sour ale
3: with raspberry, pineapple, and marshmallow flavoring. <laughs> Dear God in heaven, yeah. that is... Yeah. My teeth hurt, and I'm, I'm like <laughs> seven states away from you or something. Oh, every time I've taken a sip of this throughout, it's made my teeth pucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It's quite the flavor. I'm it's very. What's that sound on the recording? That's that's Maggie's teeth whistling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure.
1: That's the sound of enamel screaming.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's something else. It it is very tasty, but I one is a limit
1: for sure. It, 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 I want to try that. That sounds conceptually good. It,
4: it is actually. It, it it works. It's just very sweet. But if you're prepared for it, it's quite enjoyable.
0: I'm glad because I. But I picked it with the idea that it would be the most Pinkie Pie thing. Well, in <laughs> the
4: brewing project again—a a local brewery here. They—that's kind of what they do is they make interesting concoctions. They—they they do mm-hmm. things with their beers. It's their thing. So it's—I'm I'm happy with it. I liked it.
3: It Was a good choice. All right, you did well, John. Uh-huh. Hooray! We did.
0: <laughs> that one out
3: Out of five. We do Powerballs here, and, and I really can't go anywhere else with it. I mean, we do accept halvesies here. How many How many Powerballs would you give it? I'll do a three and a half. Okay. All right. John, how do you like your banana bread? Well,
0: I drank the entire pint of it and at uh, 5.2% alcohol by volume. That might explain a little bit of uh, my commentary toward the end of the episode, <laughs> but... <laughs> um, it's not bad. Um, there's a little bit of, of an aftertaste that is hovering between sour and bitter, which I don't know if multiple drinks of, of them would, would complicate that. But I imagine if that held on, I wouldn't want to drink any more of them. But mm. otherwise, it was pretty pleasant as far as this sort of thing. It was a very <laughs> understated banana. And I was just the reason I kept <laughs> drinking is because it's it's hard to explain how a beer that tastes like banana works.
4: It's actually a very complimentary flavor because the banana is pretty mild in that. And the beery flavor kind of comes through and they work very nicely together. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: One of my favorite sours from Great Notion Brewery is their blueberry muffin. And it's a blueberry muffin sour, and every single one of those okay. words is in that beer. It is a it is a perfect sour. It tastes like a great sour, but you get finished taking a sip and you're like, I just ate a mm. freshly baked blueberry mm. muffin. <laughs> <laughs> it's Willy Wonka. What is happening with my world?
1: <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> That's oh, what yeah. it is. I'm gonna try that thing. Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm gonna actually give this four four Powerballs slash Energon cubes slash um, <laughs>
4: four Energon whatever cubes? ponies
0: use for <laughs> currency. They're they're communists. We figured out. Stay tuned to our show. Of
3: course they are. <laughs> of course they are. They have to be. <laughs> Okay, well it looks like she chose some good beers, which is fantastic, because the adults on here drink beers.
1: And while the adults might drink beers, the children really shouldn't. And we should tell Carrie about that in the segment we called Kids Perspective, and that's where Rick talks to his daughter Carrie about the issue we just covered. So Rick and Carrie, please take it away.
3: Hello Carrie. Hello Daddy. How are you this fine Sunday? Good. Awesome. Let's hear. We just got done playing a whole bunch of Stardew Valley because, you know, it's a Sunday, right? Yeah. Sunday Valley? Sunday Valley? Stardew Valley? Sunday? All right, anyways. It works. So we are here to not talk about Stardew Valley. We're here to talk about, well, a crazy, crazy comic book, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Pretty much.
3: What did you think about this entire premise of My Little Ponies and Transformers?
2: Well, I thought it was a very cool combination because I think like what I heard you say earlier before, it's pretty much a combination of a brother and a sister, like, putting their toys together and just trying to play it out.
3: Yeah, I think so. Is that kind of how you felt about it, too? Yeah. We read all of them together. I know that I was getting them and I was letting you read my copies, but... For this, we're only talking about the two stories, Inspire and they shoot ponies, don't they? Which one of those did you like better? Which one of those two stories did you like better?
2: I think I liked the Pinkie Pie one a bit more.
3: Why is that? It's
2: kind of funny because they were doing a cooking show Mm -hmm. with Pinkie Pie and Gage, and then they were rudely interrupted by a battle. But Pinkie Pie and Gage, they both used kitchen supplies for fighting, Mm -hmm. like frying pans.
3: Yeah. You like that one more because it was funnier?
2: Yeah, I think so.
3: Okay, that's fair. Do you like Pinkie Pie more than you like Spike?
2: That's actually really hard to say. I don't know.
3: <laughs> how much How much did you really get into My Little Ponies?
2: I don't know. I think I was really interested in the TV shows... I was real crazy. I think I was really liking them when I was a bit younger. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's when I was watching a lot of those. But recently, I haven't been watching much of the TVs in the morning, stuff like that.
3: How much do you remember? Do you remember having a favorite My Little Pony character?
2: I don't think so. I don't really recall that. I I just really likes them all <laughs> sometimes
3: <laughs> okay what um was there any part of either one of these stories that really stood out to you that stood out to you the most or that you really laughed or really thought was very was really cool
2: um one of the parts that I laughed at mm-hmm. was the pinkie pie one yeah at the end she and gage had to eat each other's food in my mind I was seeing an image of them realizing that the other one wasn't looking and then they supposed spit it out. <laughs>
3: Let's talk a little bit about the first story. What did you think about how Spike and Grimlock interacted, and especially how Spike looked up to Grimlock, and Grimlock gave him a compliment? What did you think of all that?
2: I thought it was quite cute, because Spike sometimes sees him... I kind of recall this from the TV show. Spike sees himself probably, you know, as a friend and as probably an assistant for Twilight,
3: Mm -hmm. but
2: he's still like a young dragon, and so he doesn't really fit in that that much. So, it kind of gives him his chance to think big, even though he's small in this issue.
3: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. What about the artwork? Did you like the artwork?
2: Yeah, it looked a lot like... Okay, I know I haven't seen many much Transformers, Mm -hmm. but to me it looked kind of like a normal Transformers thing in a normal My Little Pony.
3: So it looks like the cartoons.
2: Yeah, it looks almost as if they were meant to be drawn together. <laughs> well, that's
3: good. That means that it it makes you realize that they're in the same world, right? Yes. Cool. Is there anything else that you really want to talk about about those issues?
2: Um, Not really.
3: Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. I love you.
2: Love you, too.
1: Ah, <laughs> Gary always with the good insights. I know those cupcakes look pretty good to me too.
3: And you're right, Carrie, it would have been a lot easier reading the actual hard copy, but I had to let you read this on electrical device because Jeff hasn't given me back my comics. (laughs)
1: Nine tenths of the
3: law. While Jeff and I continue to argue about this. John and Maggie, why don't you go ahead and tell the world about your wonderful shows that you're on.
0: You can check us out if you like Transformers talk. We do, among other shows, we do the Rod Pod in which we cover the IDW Transformers Phase 2 comics in order. We've taken a headband on a hiatus with them, but we're about to get back into those. Fans of Shockwave will like what's coming up. Mm-hmm. People that are wondering who the hell Overlord is that I'm scared of, will find that out soon. There's that in addition to our marriage Married with comics and married watching cartoons, feeds that all fall under the MWC banner. Just point your podcatchers at any of those terms, you'll find us. Otherwise, Maggie and I also do Transformers Mm -hmm. Talk over on the Longbox Crusade. Also known as Transformers Chronicles. Yes, we do Transformers Talk over on the Longbox Crusade on Transformers Chronicles, (laughs) the Marvel years.
3: Hi, Dalvin. (laughs) 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 ah yes a young couple in love talking about comic books and podcasting ah no yes i'm also on twitter at mwc underscore podcast and i am at maggie and the rain and these two are wonderful people and you should definitely check out their shows because they know their stuff they really do except the transformers who make up defensor which i clearly don't know (laughs) we only can hold so much knowledge in our little brains at one time
1: Okay, there's
0: true. Rook, very
3: okay, true.
1: There's Hot
0: first God. aid. There's
1: blade. Hot,
0: Hot shot. shot. There's whirl. No, that's the.
4: Whirl's a. All I know is he's a
3: helicopter. Anyway, Whirl's a helicopter.
1: But- <laughs>
3: be sure to check out the other shows that we're on. We do some junior agent submissions on the MI6 rogue agent episodes of On Her Majesty's Secret podcast. And you can also check out my amazing show that. Everybody here has been on, actually. Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout on the Longbox Crusade Network.
1: And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack.
3: Jeff and Rick Present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast to in front of a live studio audience of one Devastator toy in Portland, Oregon and Wisconsin. If you'd like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you could do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present, our email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all winner right gmail.com or our website, Present.wordpress.com. Also, our YouTube channel is at Jeff and, Rick Present. and if you would like
1: to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at Patreon.com, JeffAndRickPresent, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to HeroInitiative.org to find out more.
3: Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as
1: always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs.
3: My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie.
1: My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora.
3: My wonderful husband, John. My wonderful wife,
0: Maggie. My daughter, Carlson. We We love love you, you.
1: Until next
3: time. Costumes Costumes off. off. Our theme is Zay's Action by Kevin McLeod of the Competech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 no license.
1: Uh, <laughs> equilibrium.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is my daughter. <laughs> <Let's>, hi babe.
2: <laughs> I'm Aurora. You hi. are
1: Aurora. Hey, we're gonna take a little tiny. Do you wanna say hi to John and Maggie?
2: Aww. Hi, John. Oh.
4: Hi. Maggie.
1: Here I'll unplug that so you can hear them for a second, but remember Hi when
4: John! Hello. Hi! Maggie. I like your shirt.
1: I like your shirt too.
4: Yeah.
1: It's as on brand as this beer is.
4: Hello. I like your shirt.
1: I like your shirt too.
4: Seriously, I was like, isn't that the name of it? Nope, that makes a lot. Yep, yep, yep.
1: Yeah. They both like big butts, though. <laughs> so they're easily confused. Yeah. His is, I like big uh, buckets of cement. And I,
3: cannot, and I cannot lie.
1: Yeah, it's Programmed that way.
4: <laughs> Hello. I like your shirt.
1: I like your shirt, too sorry just had a poor accident where the where the beer went <laughs> <laughs> Aha. I'm like no 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 it's gonna be what I'm gonna live with
4: hello I like your shirt
3: I like your shirt too uh, okay since I had to start all over uh where do where you guys live in Minnesota um on the Wisconsin side of it <laughs> okay